Are you ready? As I will ever be. Okay. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Eric. And this is We Used to Be the Smart Kids. Where? Well, stop. You're messing it up. I always do, yes. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Eric. And this is We Used to Be the Smart Kids, where we're taking deep dives into shallow topics. And this week, Carolyn finally gets to yell about the MCU. She's been dying to do this for years now. One of my favorite pastimes, man. Probably one of the reasons I started this podcast. I just want to yell about the MCU, and I need to stop dropping words at the end of sentences. Okay, so at this point, the cultural machine has like driven over She-Hulk, the short MCU series that was on Disney+. Plus, Driven over it compacted it chewed it up spit it out and everyone's moved on from it and it's disappointing finale except, <laughs> except for me because <laughs> I, I can, you cannot uh... let shit go <laughs> so what i want to do is look at the finale and ask if it was disappointing in both the context of its own narrative and in the context of the greater societal narrative that it was talking about okay or maybe it like actually did something really clever I doubt it, but go on. Yeah, I I actually don't know where I fall here. Like I kind of go back and forth. <laughs> but let me let me like give you the setup. Going in, did you know much about She-Hulk? No. Oh no 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 no. I knew nothing about She-Hulk. Okay. What what do you know about She-Hulk? Uh, Bruce Banner's cousin got a blood transfusion transfusion from him, and you shouldn't give people gamma blood because she turned into She-Hulk. She didn't really have an alternate personality, so she was just big, sexy, and green. Uh, and then John Byrne got a hold of her, and the sexy was emphasized, and she started breaking the fourth wall a lot. Okay, so a lot of that holds true in the story. Mm-hmm. Setup is all the same. It is very meta, which is a thing that I want to talk about, where she breaks the fourth wall and she talks straight to the audience, and she does not have an alternate personality. She's just Jen, who is also She-Hulk. And I feel like I can pretty much talk about this if you've not seen the series, but like if you don't know who the Hulk is, I, I, I you might this might not be the episode for you. Oh, you want some bullshit comic stuff? Yes, of course I do. So in Old Man Logan, I believe, are you familiar with this? Is that a comic or the yes, film? Yes, it's a Logan? comic. Old, okay. Well, yeah, no. Logan is sort of based on it, but yeah, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about right now. It's. Logan, Wolverine, at the end of the Marvel Universe, everyone has mostly died off. But there is a colony of inbred hulks where the Hulk has banged his cousin and spat out a lot of babies. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) I... I... (laughs) This is why I tell you comic shit just for this reaction. (laughs) I love it and I'm horrified. Why? Why would you like? What is the benefit of having incestuous Hulk babies running around in the apocalyptic Marvel times for the Wolverine comic? Because it's a time-honored tradition that every comic artist gets their kink on the page and hides it behind comics. So this kink's artist was incestuous. This kink's artist, yes. <laughs> the incestuous kink artist chose green people. Yes. They 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 just were really into. Hulk babies? I don't know. Okay. Their kink was so well hidden, uh, we can't even parse what it was. Nope. Uh, anyway, back to this show where Bruce Banner does not fuck. 
his cousin. As far as we're aware, it might have happened off screen. So this doesn't, I don't think, really hinge on completely understanding the plot. So I'm just going to run through it the best that I remember. There's like three or four different plots going around and like none of them really matter by the time you get to the ending because it's it's Marvel. So we're just going to talk about smashy, smashy. Mm-hmm. Basically, as you said, Bruce Banner's cousin, Jen, ends up somehow getting his blood on her. I don't remember. There's a car crash, I think. And she has to, she then becomes a Hulk. And he freaks out and he's like, oh, my God, I have to train you in like the special Hulk ways because this is at the point where his personality has been integrated. Mm -hmm. So he takes her to, I don't know, a getaway that he like built for the Hulk. And he has like a laboratory and he's like trying to train her in meditation. And she's like giving him. Didn't Iron Man build it for him? Maybe. I'm glad you were paying attention to this. Come on. Like how important (laughs) is this? They're just like. It's not. They're in Mexico. They're drinking and they're. Can we cameo? Another superhero? Mm-hmm. Can we? They they really liked referencing Marvel as like its own thing. Like she talks yeah. about the other superheroes. Anyway, unimportant details. The the upshot is basically she doesn't need to go through everything that he went through to integrate her anger into her personality because as a woman, she has been dealing with controlling her anger her whole life. Mm-hmm. So she's basically just able to do it. Yeah. And he's kind of upset about it and a little bit petty and it's like really funny to watch. So almost instantly, she can just transform into the Hulk at will. And she doesn't want to be a Hulk. He thinks like, of course, you're going to be a superhero now. She's not into the superhero thing. She just wants to go back and be an attorney. So we go back to Jen's life. She has no intention of like transforming into the Hulk. There is a scene where she's outside of a bar and she gets catcalled or something. There's like the potential of sexual violence and she hulks out and attacks the people. Just to let you know that like she still can lose control. But Mm -hmm. in general, she's predominantly in control of her Hulk self. But she is arguing a case. So she's a lawyer. That's all she really wants in the world. That's all she cares about. Mm -hmm. And she's arguing a case. And this other superhero comes in, played by Jamila Jamil, in like this delightful chewing the scenery kind of thing. Like she's great. Mm -hmm. Do you know Jamila Jamil? I do. Okay. Well, it's one. You should really watch it for her. I mean, the Tatiana Maslany, who plays um, She Hulk, also good. But Jamila Jamil, really, that's who you're there for. So she, for some reason that's never explained, is like decides that she's Jen's nemesis and she comes into the courtroom and attacks the jury and Jen like catch transforms into She-Hulk and catches a bench and defeats whatever Jamil Jamil's superhero name is. Doesn't matter. It's Titania. It is Titania. Is she in the comics? She is. She also has a phobia of Spider-Man. That's not in the show. <laughs> that would have been kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, He kicked her ass while he was Cosmic Spider-Man, and she's been afraid of him ever since. So she's mostly a joke in this. Yeah, she's mostly a joke in the comics, too. It's kind of sad. Yeah, so in this, it was, like, really fun. For some reason, and I I didn't really spend enough time thinking about it, it didn't offend me that she was a joke in this. Like, maybe because, like, she was just played really well, so it was just so fun to watch her. But she's not really given enough backstory or details to... To, for you to care about her. She's, it's just really fun to watch Jamila Jamil swanning around and that's it. That's Titania. Mm-hmm. And she's got great costumes. So anyway, okay, so Jen saves the jury. Everybody's happy. She loses her job. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that the writers of the show have gone on record to say they didn't know anything about law. So like the law plot lines make zero sense. They're hot <laughs> garbage. I'm not even going to get into it, but they're bad. 
laughably bad. So she loses her job and another... Do you have a comment on that? No, I just had a yawn. Okay. She loses her job and another lawyer approaches her and he wants to start a superhero law firm and he hires her um, as long as she always works in her She-Hulk form, which is like (laughs) annoying, but not really an issue for her. Mm -hmm. And then I think she's a partner or something. I don't even think they get this much into detail. It it doesn't make sense because the law plots are so bad. Yeah. So now she's working as a She-Hulk and everybody, I think they love her. It doesn't matter. She's like living her life. She's getting her superhero clothes. She's doing her law cases and then some incel-like group online decides that they hate her and they send someone to date her. So, like, her dating is a fun kind of part of the show where she's, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's sort of a rom com kind of aspect. Yeah. Um. So he records them when they're having sex and he makes a copy of her phone. So now we're jumping towards the end of the show. She's getting an award for being a kick-ass lawyer. Mm -hmm, As you do. As a She-Hulk, too. And then they... I don't know how to explain this in, like, tech terms, but there's, like, a big screen. And and... they hack it, and they show the sex tape. Thank you. Yes, and, like, other stuff about her. And I want to say they dox her, but, like, it's not doxing. Everybody already knows who she is. Yeah. But it's, like, that level of, like, attack. Mm -hmm. And then she hulks out into the She-Hulk and she, I think, tears the screen down and she gets really mad and then, like, the police come. She hasn't harmed anyone, but everyone got really scared and the police come and then she's in prison. For what, exactly? Plot. For plot reasons, Eric. (laughs) Keep up. Plot reasons are illegal. That TV had a family, (laughs) goddammit. Maybe, like, um, destruction of property? I don't know. Hulking out is a crime unless you're Bruce Banner. This is a theme. So at the start of the story, she had gotten another Hulk, Abomination. Do you know him? I do, yes. Okay, so what I gleaned from this is like he was an experiment and he he was like evil Hulk, basically. Okay, so she gets evil Hulk out of superhero jail. He promises never to Hulk out again. And he's like, I didn't even want to be a Hulk. So he wears an inhibitor. Mm -hmm. So then Jen agrees to wear an inhibitor too because she doesn't want to be She-Hulk anyway. But, like, her whole conflict was, like, combining her identities of, like, Jen the lawyer and She-Hulk and mm-hmm. integrating her personality that way. And so, like, the finale is, like, she's upset that now she has to wear an inhibitor and that's stupid. So she goes down to the barn and shenanigans happen. Oh, we're gonna shenanigans. Get up. Yeah, we're going to get to the shenanigans. But, like, you need the setup, basically. Okay. Lady Anger is, like, a major plot point of the show. Mm-hmm. And one of the early episodes... I think it's the first was when they're in Mexico and she's yeah. like learning to be it. Jen just states it. She talks about how her experience of anger is inherently different from Bruce's yeah. and how it makes it easier and less of a burden for her to carry the Hulk transformation, which is kind of similar to the argument that Bruce made in the first Avengers movie. And I just found that really funny. Like, I'm always angry, so it's not an issue. Yeah. I don't remember if she directly states this, but the thing that they're getting at is that she's angry at everything. She's angry at the world. She's angry at men. She's angry at people who underestimate her. But if she ever loses control of her anger, she she becomes vulnerable to continued attack. She becomes mm-hmm. like an emotional woman. Oh, no. And therefore even more dismissible. Yeah. So she'd never get anything done. So far from going on an island retreat, chock full of like mindfulness and meditation to learn yeah. to control her anger... And therefore control the Hulk the way that Bruce had to do it. Jen's just able to do it. She like transforms in and out of the Hulk at will. And she doesn't lose herself until later on in the show. Like until she... someone flashes sex tape on the screen. I mean, that, that would do it to anybody. Yeah. 
And then the other thing that I want to touch on really quickly is this like fun little meta thing that they have going on, which I mm-hmm. guess was also in the comics. Yes. She periodically breaks the fourth wall. So she talks directly to the camera and the audience about the narrative. So not just how Jen, the character feels, but about how the narrative itself is working. We're not just breaking the fourth wall. Like she's gone full meta. Mm-hmm. So for example, in the middle of the season, there's a wedding episode. Jen says something like a wedding episode in the middle of the season uh, coming up like just the way weddings do in normal life and the way you expect them in TV or some shit like that. Like she's like lampshading the fact that it's a television show. And then at one point there's like 10 minutes left of an episode but the whole plot arc has concluded. So she like lampshades the fact that this is happening by like oh a twist must be coming soon. (laughs) Okay thank you Jen. (laughs) So the show very much wants you to be aware that you're watching a TV show. Mm -hmm. In She-Hulk, we've like lined all of the Hulks up and they're all anger, right? They're all stand-ins for like different kinds of anger. Mm -hmm. So there's Jen who's in control of her anger for the most part. She loses control on like two occasions and in both of those she was under attack. So she's in fight or flight and it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But on the second instance, it means that she's forced to wear the inhibitor, mm-hmm. which prevents her from transforming. She doesn't really care about this because she like never cared about being a Hulk anyway, and she mostly saw it as a detriment to her law career and personal growth. Still, it means that she's back to suppressing a part of herself the way she was forced to suppress her anger earlier in the show, so she doesn't like it. And society is basically saying, we don't want all of you because we don't understand it, and therefore you're dangerous, and yeah. it's pretty bullshit. Then there's Bruce, who is like proper Hulk, or at least the commonly accepted superhero version of anger. So he just like uses his anger to fight evil guys when we tell him to. And then there's the Abomination, who's an out-of-control Hulk, who was put in jail. So he's notable, too, because he never wanted to be a Hulk. Mm -hmm. um, And he wanted to like escape from it. He was a pacifist. Right. Okay, so to make sure we've got there, there's the lady rage that's threatening people and therefore needs to be locked down the second it gets out of hand and is therefore threatening. Um, There's the rage of someone who gets used and abused by the system and the government and therefore is a threat to the citizenry. And then there's Bruce, whose uncontrollable rage, though now it's controllable, makes him a hero, probably because he's sheepish about it and he's white and he's a man. And his rage is directed at acceptable targets. Okay, and then at the end, we get a new kind of rage. There's mm-hmm. incel rage or frat boy rage. So now we're like, we're getting to the shenanigans from before, okay? Yeah. So the forum of men who were like doxing her and found Jen threatening have banded together to form a little incel club. I can't remember what they were called, but I remember like the lead dude was called the Hulk King. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It just makes you feel tired, but it's like accurate to that type of person. So they're seeing Hulk's masculinity, I'm assuming, before the merger as the ideal form of masculinity. They think that Jen hasn't earned the Hulk powers Mm -hmm. and isn't entitled to that level of power the way that they are because they're dudes. Gotcha. I don't remember if they directly say because we're dudes, but like that is what very much is being put on the table. Uh They're not dancing around it. Like They are incels. They're straight up incels. All of these guys have met to have a little conference at the Abomination's property because, by the way, he started this peaceful mindfulness retreat to help other Mm -hmm. people and they do group therapy and it's adorable Mm -hmm. and funny. 
And now the abomination is doing speaking events as the abomination. So he's like breaking his own parole. Inhibitor collar off and yeah. And they don't go into how he gets it off. He just appears as the abomination. Also fully integrated. So he can like just talk and hang out now. He yeah, didn't... he showed up that way in Shang-Chi, which you didn't see. But No, I didn't. He showed up as a background character in a fight club. That sounds, yes. That's... Where he and Wong fight. That's the path that he was on in this. Yeah. Wong is also in this. There's a great episode where he sues a magician. <laughs> so the incels are all set on injecting themselves with Hulk juice to get the power for themselves because mm-hmm. they deserve it and they're entitled oh, yeah. to it. And they have some great incelly lines. So for plot reasons, all of the Hulks meet in a barn. So there's the Bruce Hulk, who's the hero, the Abomination Hulk, who's doing the speaking event, and who is wronged and can't control his anger, who is, for nebulous plot reasons, it's unclear which side he's on and whether he's like really a pacifist or whether he's on Jen's side. Then there's the out-of-control, rage-obsessed incel and Jen, who's still inhibited, so she's unable to access her Hulk form. And who has spent the entire show demonstrating that she can generally find a better way to resolve conflicts than the smashy smashy that Marvel is so fond of. Mm-hmm. But she will 100% do the smashy smashy when it's necessary and when it's an innuendo for doing Daredevil. Oh. Yeah, that happens. That's fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's like the setup leading into the grand finale, the big fight. The question is, like, how is Jen, who's, like, played by also a very petite woman, and I think that kind of matters in this situation, who's yeah. going to... So how is she going to control the situation, or how is she going to, like, win against all these giant hulks when she's inhibited, and, like, she doesn't even really believe in fighting like that? How is she going to, like, conquer the dude rage machines when she herself <laughs> cannot hulk out? I was really stoked for this final battle. Normally, I turn my brain off for the final battles because like, it doesn't matter. But I felt like this was an acceptable metaphor for feeling small and powerless in a world that wanted to control you. And even if the- Yeah, you don't relate to that at all, do you? (laughs) So like, even if the only answer that the creative team could come up with was that like, Jen ripped her inhibitor off and did the smashy smashy to win, I was like pretty on board with seeing that. Mm Mm-hmm. At least we got to see her be powerful. Though personally, I wanted my She-Hulk with the side of Kumbaya, Mm -hmm. where she like transforms, but she's in control of her anger. And she's like able to reason with them or like team up with the other incels or what's her face? Titania shows up. She like teams up with her and like teamwork and you fucking hippie roasting marshmallows. I don't know. But I was also totally fine if she just like beat their heads in. I, Mm -hmm. I really didn't care. That's like not what happens. No. No. What happens? That's that's not at all what happens. Enlighten me. Spoilers coming up in case you didn't pick up on that. All of these hulks are like facing off in this barn. She breaks out of her tile on the menu for the Disney Plus screen, Mm -hmm. climbs out of her show, climbs into another show to go find Kevin Feige, Mm -hmm. who is an AI robot. And tells him how she would like her show to end. And then she goes back to her show and the conflict is resolved. And the abomination is taking accountability for his actions and choosing to go back to jail. She's going to see the incel guy in court. Bruce never showed up because she didn't want to be saved by him. (laughs) Daredevil, of course, showed up because she wanted to bone him. Yeah. She changed it from night to daytime just because she didn't like the the lighting. Yeah. Okay. That's how they uh, 
conclude their lady rage. <laughs> By asking a more powerful man to fix it for her? Yes. Mm-hmm. So here's my problem. <laughs> Let's hear it. Is this a terrible ending? Okay, it was truly disappointing, right? Yeah, it's anticlimactic in the worst possible way. It's stupid to use all the typical superhero tropes, which they even lampshade. She walks into a writer's room and some writer is like, but you expect certain scenes from a superhero show. And she's just like, shut up. So now you're just insulting your audience too. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's dumb to expect that. And it's smart to go full in on the meta that they've been teasing and using this entire time. Okay. I I already lost track of my own because <laughs> I just got <laughs> mad about like the writer's room scene. It's disappointing to do that, but is it stupid to do that? Like, does it not fulfill the promise that the show is making? So, like, here, here, hold on, here, let me see if I can get my thoughts out. This is, like, what I really need help with, because I really, I keep, like, pinging back and forth between, beyond this just being ridiculous and bad, is Mm -hmm. it actually kind of good? The biggest problem is the one that you mentioned, that in a show about being women and how, like, being angry in that situation feels and being powerless and blah, 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 whatever. In a show about that, it's really weird that she has to go appeal to a higher authority. Mm -hmm. Like, I know they made him a robot, but he's still Kevin Feige. Yeah. However, Jen is a lawyer. So all she's doing for the entire show is appealing to a higher authority. She's just appealing to law or judges or like whatever. They didn't do the law stuff well, but like that's how her brain works. And the only way that she like, really resolves conflicts or no the way she prefers to resolve conflicts is to like debate and appeal to authority and like present her case which is what she does she goes to Kevin Feige and she's marching around in her law way and she's like presenting her case and her points and she makes a great argument and she convinces the algorithm to like because he's an algorithm to like give her what she wants in that way it like thematically works but I feel like it's still a really bad look and then on the other hand, it's still kind of accurate societally. <laughs> you have to appeal to a man to get what you want. And you got to play the into world. the patriarchy's hands. Maybe it is, while disappointing, kind of a stroke of genius. A stroke of genius poorly executed from the way you're describing it. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. Even knowing what was coming, watching it a second time was still truly disappointing. They did such a great job, I felt, of setting up that final fight. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't teased enough, you know? Like, they had laid all of the pieces of the final fight and all of the subplots so well that I get that it doesn't make sense for, like, Titania to be here and for Bruce to be here and for all of these people to to be here. And, like, I get that. I agree. For plot reasons, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But, like, for her personal growth reasons, it does. Like, these are all representative of the aspects of herself. The aspects she chose to not be, basically. Yeah. Yes. Here's the future paths she has rejected for herself. And here's how she's going to choose her own path going forward. Right. And if you answer it, the choice that she makes is to go find the higher authority and make the world she wants. That sounds like a good answer, Mm -hmm. which is what she did. But it is a disappointing thing to watch Mm -hmm. because you've just broken the world too much. Like you, you can't actually climb out of a title screen and into another thing to like talk to god and fix your problems my biggest problem with what you're describing i obviously have not seen it i watched the first 20 minutes of this i've saw the third wall breaking whatever 
My biggest problem is she's appealing to the algorithm rather than in-universe some cosmic entity to plead her case on why her story should end this way. Like, I feel like the android thing, it does not fit within the context of the show. It's a cute joke, I get it, but it's not something that really fits in the dumb-as-fuck Marvel Universe, yes, but yeah, it's not I, consistent. I think that is true. Sorry, I'm completely shitting. I'm not no, ignoring no, 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 your no. point right no, now. No, this is what this is... I wanted, though. This is like what I want from you, because I, I also just wanted to hear the disappointment in your voice when I told you that it was just a robot, that she yeah. just like, left her show. Like to another show. a cosmic entity, you would not have that same issue where she's appealing to an obviously masculine figure to fix her problems for her. But there would be work involved. If you were to do that in the show, you would have to sell me on her contacting the cosmic entity or having yeah. it appear somehow. And but I just... she doesn't have anything to do with like you need that outside knowledge of who's Kevin Feige is to get that joke of the algorithm and whatnot. You need all that background information anyway. So I don't feel like it fits i guess like we have the fourth wall breaking i feel like expanding on that probably would have been better again this is all secondhand from what you're telling me no you're making a good point but that argument just means that like if she just stepped off the television set and contacted any writer which is basically what happened yeah does that make sense then 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 it would still work for you and i don't think it works at all because you're breaking this her story so she even says to Kevin Feige, AR robot. She's like, but this is not a story about the big Marvel smashy smashy or whatever. She's like, mm-hmm. this is a story about me coming to terms with being She-Hulk and like mending the two halves. If you were to write an essay about this, this ending would work really well on paper because yeah. that's literally what she's doing. But it is so disappointing to watch on screen. It's like when they've so completely missed their own point because they mm-hmm. just went so far up their own Marvel asses and you were just like, guys, no. No. I mean, it sounds like this is a show for writers who don't like the Marvel movies or the Marvel Cinematic Universe and say, I'm tired of them always ending this way. Because it it is poking fun at Marvel in a fun way. Like, I enjoyed this and I wanted the smashy, smashy Marvel ending. So they, (laughs) they like took someone who didn't really like Marvel and didn't like the smashy, smashy endings. And you felt like, no, they earned this one. Yes, I wanted it. <laughs> and then they were like, nah, bitch. Like, I know that an incel hulking out and attacking you is like a real threat in your life. And it would be really fun. Well, maybe not in my Anyway. And it would be real fun if you got to like see someone really kick the shit out of them. But mm-hmm. actually, wouldn't it be better if we just went meta and had you a- an appeal to an authority figure? Because you really have no control over your own life. No, that was not actually fun, guys. I would like the smashy smashy, please. This is my power fantasy for fucking once. Let me fucking have it. Mm, yeah. Yep. That. What you said. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, it just couldn't like take itself seriously in that regard either. It's like they didn't, I don't know. Maybe they didn't know what they were doing or I don't know. No, it sounds like, hey, here's this finally fully realized female superhero. Sorry, Black Widow. You kind of sucked. And they just take away what every male hero has had in the end that catharsis of fighting back against the things that keep you down we're not allowed to defeat evil because it would be too laughable we must go instead ask ai kevin feige please rewrite my story to be the way i want Mm -hmm. 
please. Give me my happy ending and have it be peaceful because I'm a woman. I can see how you are frustrated and also intrigued because this this kind of meta thing is kind of right up your alley. It was super fun, right? Yeah. Until it destroyed the ending. Yeah. I wish they had used the meta thing to get Jen to get Daredevil there, which they did. But like in a like still give her her moment of cathartic smashing. Mm-hmm. Let her kill the bad guys and then just like sweeten the pot. That would have been fine. I want Daredevil to see it and get so hard for me smashing this guy that we just go in the back and bang. That would be great. But I think what really pissed me off, because I'm not even totally against the meta ending, is that they didn't actually resolve the conflicts. So like Mm -hmm. all the Hulks coming together in the barn, they like freeze frame kind of like you paused it. She leaves the show. And when she comes back, it's resolved. Abomination is already getting arrested. Todd, the Hulk King rage guy, is in handcuffs. And she's like, I'll see you in court. Like, it's all done. It's all done. Like, is she going to be a prosecutor? Is she going to sue him? What is happening right now? She's a lawyer. And I can't remember if she's in a defense attorney or a prosecutor. I'm not sure the writers would have known the difference. <laughs> Honestly, it was really bad. There's a video I can link in the description from Legal Eagle on YouTube. And he just pulls it apart. And he has the time of his life laughing at how bad it is (laughs) so like even if they wanted to rewrite the plot to play more to her strengths instead of typical marvel strengths Mm -hmm. they didn't even do that they just took away any kind of climax yeah there just was no climax well maybe with daredevil there's a climax yeah i feel like it's just a wasted use of the meadow when she has years and years of writers coming up with really clever things to do with her and this was the best they could do they could have her pop off and go into another show and i don't know realizing she's a fictional character and nodding and winking at the camera is her thing and it just it also takes away from like wanting to watch season two because if she can just conclude any battle she wants by just climbing out of her own show then there's no stakes you're right there's no stakes you're absolutely right it's too godlike. It's too, hey, I can hand wave everything now. There's nothing else for her to do. It's just the end of her story because now she can do whatever the fuck she wants. She yeah. knows God. <laughs> Why have a problem ever again, Jen? Just go talk to Kevin Feige. Yeah. He says they try, they try to address this by having him say that she can't access Kevin Feige again or she's gonna be locked in her whatever blah 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 but it's a cop-out like you can't you can't put the genie back in the bottle guys come on she hulk is out of her spandex shorts (laughs) (laughs) I think what was also disappointing is I was having a really good time with them playing with traditionally gendered tropes so like wedding episodes and there was a whole plot line involving her getting her superhero clothing and picking fights with the designer who made it and her going on tons of dates and what it was like dating as a superhero and like using She-Hulk on a dating app like all these things that are that are traditional feminine but it didn't feel like they were talking down to me yeah it was super super fun and then to run up against this ending, we're like, we can't even give you a good ending, though. Sorry. <laughs> Bummer. Like, we can't think of uh, how to deal with the patriarchy. We can literally turn you into a anger-smashing Hulk, mm-hmm. but we can't let you smash the patriarchy. That's a step too far for us. Patriarchy is our be- bread and butter here. We can't have you blowing that up. We're going to need you to go blow Kevin because that's the way we get shit done here. Everybody <laughs> just gets in a line for a blowjob, and we're very crude on this podcast. We are. Sucking that robot dick. So it was, it was just, it was a disappointment, ultimately. And I just wanted to tell you about 
how disappointing that was. <laughs> well, thank you for enlightening me. Now I'm going to have to go watch it and make sure it is just as disappointing as you described. That's what I hope for you. Spend your time watching things I told you were bad. That's kind of my thing. But things you have to look forward to. Jamila Jamila is great in this. And the guy who plays Hulk King, who is not Dylan Sprouse of The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. This Mm -hmm. dude looks like him to me. And I (laughs) swear it was him, but I looked him up three times. And surprisingly, not Dylan Sprouse any of those times. Or Cole Sprouse, whichever one is still acting. Maybe both of them are. (laughs) Anyway, that guy, incel guy, wonderfully hateable. Nice. My God, did I enjoy hating him. So, <laughs> what about the rest of his cult? Did they just disappear? Did he eat them? No one knows. <laughs> okay. They were just gone. <laughs> okay. No one cared. They were all going to get hulked up on Hulk juice, which she was like, isn't that weirdly like super soldier serum? I don't like it. And I was like, really? We're going to, now we're going to care about super soldier serum? Now it's a step too far when it's like actually interesting to me. Mm-hmm. No, don't do that. We've done it before. <laughs> okay. Like Marvel is... Totally happy to reuse plots and character tropes and butcher them to pieces until it's for women. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, ew, we're going to do the same thing again? No. (laughs) But it's okay. I'm used to just not having any pieces of the pie. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I'll just go appeal to the Kevin Feige algorithm and ask him to please, please share his cake with me. Suck that robot peen so you can get what you want. Maybe I'll like get one step closer to the presidency. (laughs) Anyway. So in conclusion, please everyone smash the patriarchy. Smash that dick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointing endings of the podcast, and that's the disappointing ending of She-Hulk. No real conclusions except fuck you. (laughs) This has been We Used to Be the Smart Kids. I'm Eric. I'm Carolyn. And now you're smarter. Or smashier. Or more smashable. Oh, yes, absolutely. Listen to our podcast. You get extra smashable. Thanks for listening. Our intro music is from Tim Beak. You can find him at timbeak.com. And our outro music is by One Man Symphony. And you can find them at onemansymphony.com.